We want to say a shout out to our sponsors, Watchman Cigars, 1812 Barbecue, Blue Collar Cycle Shop, Hookland and Heroes, and our new sponsor, Words of Hope. Um, Today's episode is brought to you in part by Words of Hope. If you're like us, it's really hard to get time in the Word of God, and that's where our friend's Word of Hope comes into play. Words of Hope is a daily devotional podcast bringing a few minutes of comfort and hope to your day. Each episode includes a passage of Scripture and a thoughtful reflection. And at only five minutes long, you can listen anywhere and anytime. Words of Hope is available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's our take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from our blue-collar biker studios right here in beautiful Concord, North Carolina. We do have a great show lined up for you, as always, but before we begin, let me introduce you to our starting lineup. Doing the video is Magic Man. Hey, everybody. How you doing? At the control booth, at the control helms, is our producer, Brian. Hey, guys. I, of course, be your host, Biggin. And across the town sits the pride of Anderson, South Carolina. But most of you probably know him best as the Silver Tongue one, 2016's honorable mention IBS champion of the year, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old mic number one. It's Mojo! <laughs> Glad to be back with you guys this week. Had to take a week off last week. Appreciate you tuning in. Um, you guys can find us any, pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcast. You can go to Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you listen to your podcast. Just go there, hit us, uh, search Southern Fried Philosophy. Um, you can hit the subscribe, give us a rating, give us a review. Ratings are pretty important because that's how we move up in the old uh, podcast algorithms, especially with the old iTunes or podcast on Apple, the Apple phone. That's what I use. I'm, I'm kind of an idiot. So I pre- hey, <laughs> appreciate you guys. If you could guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it's specific is, is specifically for made for me. Oh, trust okay. me. Yeah. God, my. Also, um, Facebook, you can go to Facebook, uh, Facebook and just search Southern fried philosophy. That's where we kind of do our stupid memes and interaction with a lot of our listeners. We've been doing this how many episodes? Uh, this will be 146, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Man, my phone keeps acting up here. Well, so. I, I didn't want to say anything um, earlier. I was doing the intro, and then all of a sudden my Google thing started going off in the background. Hey, buddy. <laughs> also, hey, check out our website, southernfryphilosophy.com. We do have our playable links there uh, while you guys are hanging at home, working in the garden, uh, starting your own medicinal uh, marijuana dispensary in your backyard, whatever you got time for you. Hey, YouTube is pretty awesome. Um, you can also find us on the YouTubes now, uh, youtube.com forward slash SFP radio, Instagram and Twitter's SFP radio. I think that's pretty much it. Also Patreon, patreon.com forward slash SFP radio. All right. Also, I do want to say if you are one of our new Facebook subscribers, this is to you. Uh, if we could just get 
and I did the math, if we could get 53% of our Facebook subscribers, our social media subscribers, to actually subscribe and listen to the show, we would be completely different place. So we would really appreciate you. If you are uh, listening via Facebook, uh, YouTube, if you follow us on Instagram, uh, uh, Twitter, just just subscribe, listen. We will have, our numbers will skyrocket if 53% of y'all just do that. We would really appreciate that. Uh, also, our upcoming guest next week, uh, a personal hero of mine, a friend of the show, Ryan Lemond from Kentucky Sports Radio, will be our special guest next week. He's the co-host of one of the number one, or one of the, the top sports talk radios in the entire country. So he's going to talk about um, his his uh, media experience. He's going to talk about being an adoptive dad um, and just what it's like to be in one of the top spots in the industry. So we're really excited. I'm really excited to have him on. So appreciate that. Also, if you're stuck at home and you think, hey, I can do my own podcast better than these guys, you're probably right. Um, why don't you contact our producer, producer Brian, at uh, SFP Headlines, and you can uh, ask him, hey, how do I start a podcast? How can I get this thing rolling? And he can definitely help you with that. Um, any words that you want to say, producer Brian, on that? Uh, yeah, so uh, I've made a few podcasts. I got some more coming up, actually. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, if someone's interested in starting one, needs just need advice or uh, need some, we can probably get someone off the ground for not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty approachable uh, medium to get into. So yeah, if you guys are interested in that, uh, headlines at SFP Radio is the email address. Oh, that's right. Sorry, I had email. Yeah, no worries. And dyslexia kicked in. I apologize. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, just a personal note, <clears throat> uh, we have made it on the big board of the U.S. for almost all of the uh, 50 states. The ones that we are missing, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but New Hampshire, Vermont, hmm. Delaware, which I can kind of get. They're up there. They're, you know, fancy schmancy. They're not in the South. I get it. West Virginia. I'm what? a little concerned about you, West Virginia. You're they don't not... have the internet in West Virginia. That's oh, that's probably it. Yeah. They don't know what a podcast is yet. Um, so that could be it. West Virginia, North and South Dakota, uh, Wyoming, and oddly enough, Alaska. You would think you're not doing anything in Alaska. You've got 25 hours of daylight. Not doing nothing. Might as well listen to the show. <laughs> but those are the ones that we need to fill in for the rest of the 50 states. So if you have friends in New Hampshire, Vermont, Delaware, West Virginia, North, South Dakota, Wyoming, or Alaska. If you tell your friends about that, have them tag us in a Facebook post. You tag us and say, hey, I got so-and-so to listen to the show. I'll send you a hat. That's all I needed. I want to color in this map. It's driving me bananas. I'm not I'm, Every week I look and they're not filled in. So um, we would appreciate that. So Is that like one of those RV maps? Put yeah, basically, that's what exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've done almost all of them. We've got eight left, which I think is pretty phenomenal. What What are your thoughts, uh, uh, Producer Brian? Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, you almost collect them all there. Um, it's like Pokemon. Right? You got to catch them all. So what do you do when you get them all? You start picking, like, uh, Canadian provinces? Oh, yeah. Then we're going to go Canada. Okay. So we'll go up, and then we'll go south. And then we'll start going we can, around the world. So we can add like poutine to part of our uh, 
Mm. You know, life, liberty, gravy, and Pursuit poutine, poutine, right? It's, it's, it's gravy on it's fries, basically, right? So why not? Mojo, you and she's yeah, you told me about this place in Greenville. You're like, you got to eat there because Jess and I were going down to Greenville, and they had poutine. And what, do you remember the name of it? It was just a little. It was a really nice restaurant. I can't remember what the name of it was, but uh, we were looking for uh, Southern something, uh, Southern culture. I think that's what it was. They also had uh, yeah. Kentucky Ale on draft, which, oh. mm, hey, buddy, that's hey. stuff. That's a bonus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I did want to point out, we our uh, order of things is going to be a little bit different. Normally, we'll go to How You Be Durin, but we've got a special guest coming up on Wacky News that we're going to just go straight into Wacky News. Brought to you by our friends at 1812 Barbecue. Eric is cranking out, again, some phenomenal barbecue, brisket, wonderful sides. You can contact him. He can hook you up, slide some over your way, like contact lists, delivery, like, you know, everybody else is doing. He can hook you up. So check out our friends at 1812 Barbecue. Also, he has some rubs. Producer Brian and Mojo, you both have used the uh, their rubs, right? Uh, the 1812 rub. Yeah, sure have. I love that stuff on uh, like London broil, like any kind of beef on a smoker is awesome. Mojo, what have you used it for, or did you use it? Uh, chicken. Uh, I've used it for beef. I'm trying to think of something else. I think it would be fajitas one night oh, with it too. Just yeah, yeah, just some changing. Come up Come on bit. with it. How about yeah. you get it on everything? That's stuff's uh, good on everything. <laughs> Well, I mean, I miss sitting in a Mexican restaurant, drowning my sorrows with cheese dip and salsa. So that was know, our. You got to make. You got to make. That do. was our uh, weekly tradition: is to go to the Fiesta Mexicana every Sunday. And now we're not, not able to do that. I've noticed they've been closed too because I want to do DoorDash and have them bring some food, but they keep saying closed. Mm. Not, not the one I go to. I know you could do the the pickup there. Yeah. So there's that option. You also have the cheat option of actually ordering an Uber and then calling the oh. Uber driver and telling what you're actually picking up. I use that all the oh, time. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What now? What are you doing? Yeah. You actually order an Uber to the place that you're wanting to go, and then you actually can have them pick up your stuff. Because where I'm at, where the shop is in Salisbury, um, you know, uh, Uber Eats, DoorDash, a lot of those guys don't go to certain restaurants that you want to eat at that you're trying to help out. And um, a lot of times I don't have time. So actually, I'll order an Uber to the destination point, call the driver directly immediately after you order the Uber and tell them that you're actually picking up a prepaid order. They'll grab it for you. I mean, because they're looking for work. And plus, they ain't got to be around someone with a Rona. So, yeah, it's a win-win for them. Wow. I've never thought of that hack, but that's that's fantastic. Actually, you know, when I was driving for Lyft, I've actually had him pick. I've, I've, I've also had him pick up beer and liquor before too. So, <laughs> well done, yeah. sir. Uh, I had a guy when I was driving for Lyft who uh, forgot his keys and he was, or his wallet. And he was at the airport, so he had the pickup at his house. So I went to his house and his wife brought out his wallet or what his keys or something, mm-hmm. and I drove to the airport. And this was like they were in Mooresville, so this was like a forty-five minute drive with no people in the car. Wow. Like drop off, uh, you know, and they were in like a parking lot or something. But <laughs> well, how about the it? Best ride ever. About that. Yeah, I've, I've I've had documents sent to me that way. Hmm. Um, through like lenders and stuff through the shop. So yeah, Uber I've, hack. 
Hey, you get creative. No doubt. That's fantastic. Speaking about creative, uh, a new a North Carolina farm rents out miniature donkey to crash video calls. Let me go ahead and read the article, and then we can bring in our guest. Um, North Carolina, or Indian Trail, North Carolina, a miniature donkey named Mambo, number five, is getting into some online love in North Carolina, where a farm is getting in on the idea of having animals spice up tedious virtual meetings during the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, The AP News reports, Peace and Peace Farms will rent Mambo, the eight-year-old miniature donkey, and his friends to crash company conference calls. The Charlotte Observer uh, reported the camera-crowding donkey is like a pesky little brother that doesn't let anyone relax too long. Uh, Francine, Francie Dunlap, Mambo's owner, said, companies can choose other farm animals they want to invite on their guests, uh, such as um, three horses, along with chickens and ducks. Uh, Dunlap said, I think it would get some laughs. Customers can reserve 10 minutes with the animals for 50 bucks. Dunlap said the co-workers can also choose virtual meeting name for their farm animals. Um, if you guys do this next week and then put the donkey name as Biggin, I'm okay with that. Uh, since she created the website on Saturday, Dunlap said she also gotten requests from teachers who want the animals to crash their virtual classrooms. Wow. that's How about that? Being creative. Uh, do we have our guests on the line? Uh, no, we do not. Well, how about that? Yeah. <laughs> We're two minutes early, so maybe. Uh, maybe. Yeah, so. Uh, um, I'm actually paying so, attention to that to let them in, too, so. Well, yeah. Well, how about <laughs> it? Coming in a little late. Uh, well, if you want peas and peas, if you want Mambo to come in on time, you got to be right on time for that, I guess. Um. What would be some good scenarios that you guys can think of to have these these animals crash your conference calls? Um, if I'm ever doing a virtual IRS audit, <laughs> be great. Um, My daughter I mean, was, does like a weekly, or this was her last week, but she has like an acrobat class, like a dance acro class. With all the who kids does? In. My daughter has like a class because okay. we know we pay. We're paying for this stuff still. So like they're teaching her stuff over zoom to but, swim not swim acro like uh acrobatic oh yeah that's no, she's not she's not down on the carpet like practicing surfing or anything <laughs> that's what i was getting a little <laughs> concerned about uh, oh my gosh so that'd be fun um, you know a bunch of kids in the class you know and have a, a donkey pop in sure um i won how about we just how about we do a virtual zoom presidential debate with a a jackass oh, and elephant all on there just standing in would they actually like would you ask them questions sure hmm that'd be entertaining just see which one poops first maybe that's that's kind of what we're doing that's how you pick super bowl like winners right <laughs> do we have any comments from our uh from our facebook live or YouTube well, yeah, Whitley, yeah, just said, asking, um, or is uh, stating that she hopes we're all having a good week. She's on YouTube. All right. Well, thank you, Leanne. I appreciate that. Um, I think there's this, one watcher on each platform right now. Well, we are oh, there's a new one right yeah, here. We actually have 11 people we're on crushing. all the platforms watching us right now. 
and uh, eleven. I listen. I apologize for this. We thought we were going to be going right into this. Um. So well, all right. Finally tuned machine here. What's next on the agenda? Yeah, we'll just we'll just move out and then we'll keep going on. Uh, also, all of our wacky news brought to you by the state of North Carolina. A woman facing charges for impersonating an FBI agent online on a dating site. Charlotte, North Carolina, a North Carolina woman was sentenced to three years in prison for impersonating an FBI agent on an online dating site and while she's on a date. Uh, Rianne Brownlee, who identified herself as Agent Alexandria Mancini, you would think that they might know the difference, posted in a dating profile with a fake FBI badge and a stolen gun. The U.S. Attorney's Office for the Western District of North Carolina said Thursday in a news release. Brownlee had prior convictions on various charges, including identity theft. You don't say. The day she got arrested uh, in February, she told the date that she was working as an undercover agent in a drug case without the awareness of law enforcement. Uh, Her record paints a picture of a person who will not be stopped from stealing people's identity and using falsehoods to get what she wants. She was also driving, get this, a stolen car when she was arrested. (laughs) Wow. I don't think anything about that woman was real, including probably her hair. Mm. Um, I mean, y'all, that's something. Um, my question ahead. here is: questions is is that a thing? Is FBI agent a quality that you look for on a dating site? Like, why would you, of all things, to impersonate? Is that a, you know? I don't know. I'm, just, I'm trying to understand. Why you, you go that, that direction? <laughs> maybe she binge watched Quantico and was like, "I'm all up in this lifestyle. Here we go, let's go." I, I don't. Sometimes I'll watch enough episodes of Law and Order, the original one, that I think I'm an attorney. But there's that. Oh, well, hold on. I, you know, if people can identify as whatever they want to, why and not choose pronoun, pro, choose plural pronouns? Why can't you identify as an FBI agent? I think that there's qualifications you have to have. I think there's that's illegal, actually, yeah. <laughs> no, but there's there's no qualifications for identifying as something else that you not biologically are. Why not identify as an FBI agent? Um, well, we'll say that. Then. I'm, ba- I'm I'm sorry, I'm back to stir the <laughs> Can I identify we, as uh, a prime minister? Okay. Sure. Um, How about prime rib? Uh, I'm also going to identify as your next heart uh, transplant uh, doctor. So there's that. The 1812 barbecue story started over 20 years ago when Eric and his dad started entering local barbecue competitions for fun. During that time, Eric, a United States Marine, has traveled all over the world picking up flavors and techniques that today is the unique flavor of the award-winning 1812 barbecue. He has honed his craft to bring you fall-off-the-bone pulled pork, mouth-watering ribs, and finely crafted beef brisket. Eric has developed his own amazing dry rub and delicious barbecue sauce. And let's not forget the sides. Coleslaw, smoked Gouda mac and cheese, cowboy baked beans, and to top it all off, banana pudding and pecan pie for dessert. Getting hungry yet? Good. Call or email Eric at 1812barbecue, and he can make your next catered meal happen. Wedding and graduation parties, family reunions, and other events will be memorable with 1812barbecue. Want to try your own hand at smoking meats? Pick up your own 1812 dry rub and start the journey for yourself. Shipping all over the world, connect with Eric on his Facebook page 
Instagram at 1812barbecue, or call 704-604-5148, or email eric at eric.line at 1812barbecue.com, and he'll be glad to help any way he can. <laughs> okay, we got a... Uh, uh, we have Mambo is waiting to join our call here, so... All right! Here, all right, here we go. Hey, Francie, how are you? Can you hear us? Yes, I can. Fantastic. I'm good. How are you? Well, thank you so much for joining. I appreciate it. We're doing great. Um, Francie, we just talked about uh, about Mambo and the article that was in the AP News. Mm-hmm. Tell us about Peace and Peace Farms and what do you guys do? Um, we're a little small family hobby farm just east of Charlotte, North Carolina. and we mostly have my daughter is an FBI dressage horse instructor, horse trainer. Okay. So it's mostly horses, but we also have this naughty little mini donkey that she got. And we used to have goats, but now we just have chickens and a couple of ducks and we've downsized a bit, but yeah. It's and my husband has huge gardens. We have lots of fruits and vegetables. Oh wow. So is this a farm that people can go out and just and uh, get some vegetables and fruits from you guys? Uh, we just mainly either give away or sell to family or clients. It's not that gotcha. big. We preserve most of our food, put it in the freezer, mm. feed our kids. <laughs> I bet you're in high demand you're right probably, now. How about that? Yeah, so you're probably, you're probably pretty prepared, I'm, I'd imagine, right now. What was that, Mojo? That's right. That's yeah, I'm sure she's probably pretty prepared right now compared to... If she had a she had a racket in making uh, toilet paper, she'd probably be on top of everything right now. I know we were lucky for that last little Costco run because we're not we don't use paper towels, but we're not quite ready for that family TP family cloth or whatever. <laughs> no, ma'am. So, how did the idea come about where you decided, hey, I'm going to try to uh, get the the get Mambo on the conference calls? Well, all this stay-at-home orders and quarantine stuff started, and I was doing virtual happy hours with my friend. And when I was sitting out on the back deck with a glass of wine, they would hear the donkey braying or the rooster crowing and say, you know, hey, show me your animals. And I'd take my phone out and show them the horses and everything. And so that was just really fun for them. And then I had a couple friends suggest, you should rent Mambo, our donkey, out for virtual meetings. And so I build websites, and I quick slapped up a website, mostly just to for laughs to entertain my friends. But it was a functioning website, but it was all free to build for me. And so then it got in the media, and it went viral the next day, and we started getting all these bookings, and it was only two days later that we had our first call. So we were just wow. sort of winging it and made it up as we went along. And I did not have in my calendar, you know, full-time job zooming with my donkey or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been pretty weird. <laughs> yeah. What, what has been some of the most uh, memorable uh, calls that you've crashed? Um, there's been a few. We love the little kids. We have classrooms of all ages from preschoolers to college. And then there's been a couple where 
you could tell that the people have either already been Zoom bombed and crashed or they've read about it. And so we've been either kicked off immediately or almost kicked off. And the pranksters just like, no, 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 wait, you know, I invited the donkey. <laughs> kind of thing. So, <laughs> but other times when there's somebody that, um, you know, is inviting the donkey on as a joke for their, their group, whether it's happy hour or a meeting, a lot of times the people in the meeting will be like, you know, was that you, Mike? <laughs> and they all correctly guess who the prankster was. <laughs> and then uh, a couple of times there's been like somebody trying to just lighten the mood for a few minutes for a serious meeting, but the boss is just like all business and oh, no. and then it's just uncomfortable silence because for everybody, because the boss is just like ignoring the whole donkey thing. <laughs> everybody else is either laughing or waiting to see the reaction. <laughs> That's so funny. I didn't know you also rented out um, a magic man. He's somehow he's been photobombing us for the past uh, three episodes. So I didn't know he was <laughs> our videographer. Um, so how can people get a hold of you so that they can also rent Mambo or your ducks or uh, horses or or your chickens? Dangrooster.com. Is is that the website dangrooster.com? Dangrooster, yeah. Okay. Um wow. So what has been some of the uh you said you mentioned like the the awkward part is the kids uh seeing their faces is that pretty fun for you to do? Oh yeah, they all love it. And plus even the adults just everybody, you know, they're they're like their faces they're like going on to yet another Zoom meeting or whatever. And then their faces will just totally transform into happiness and laughing. And they love watching us like scratch them or pet them. And it's funny to us because we're so used to it and seeing them in our backyard. But, you know, most of these people aren't. <laughs> We've kind of <laughs> sure. forgotten that novelty. <laughs> but it is nice. It lightens the mood. It We've had like some doctors wanting meetings to do their twice a week COVID meetings. And so mm. that's serious, but they still, you know, invited this donkey on and named him Dr. Dr. Equus. And we put like, tried to hold up a bra, <laughs> like to be a face mask. And they were just all down for it. They were wanting to just laugh for 10 minutes and then move on to their seriousness. So mm. it's good all around. <laughs> Yeah, I bet I bet it feels good for you to also bring just some laughter during the every while everybody's trying to be serious. I'm sure that helps you guys too. Yeah, it's a weird time. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever think that this was going to be a thing for you? No, no, I did not plan <laughs> on this, and so now I'm. I well, and it it's only working because I have my daughter. I have two daughters and a husband helping with all this. I, I can't actually physically wrangle donkeys. <laughs> and, sure. And manage all of this. So it just was serendipity that it all fell together and worked. And I don't expect it to last a long time. I think it'll peter out after, you know, the media goes away and after quarantine is lifted. But in the meantime, it's fun. We have a listener who's actually we were asking if it's uh, confirming. Is this $50 for this? Yeah. Okay. Yep. There you go, Jennifer. 
<laughs> and we will have all the informa- information on our show notes for you as well. So Yeah, apparently uh, there's a horse named Eddie. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, and the the line here on the face the website says he may or may not wear a jacket and he definitely <laughs> won't be wearing pants. <laughs> That's too true. And we've <laughs> we're adding stuff to them. We have a little birthday hat that Mambo will wear, and we have a whiteboard that you know people like us to write stuff on. And we have Cinco de Mayo coming up, and so we have all sorts of suggestions for that with the donkey, of course. <laughs> <laughs> We've well, it played. Like, we've done the happy hours, and we're playing "Never Have I Ever" with the donkey. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> oh. Uh, I imagine uh, again, just a just a great time, and just it sounds like people are just getting really creative with us. Oh yeah, yep. We're open to suggestions. Very cool. Uh, yeah, so we'll have all your information on the show notes, uh, Francie. Thank you so much for just dropping in. We really appreciate it. Sure, you're very welcome. You have a great night. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Bye. 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 Well, that was cool. Yeah, how cool was that? Mojo, I didn't get, did you have any questions? I just, I just let her go. My fault. I'm all good. I'm all good. I mean, I think it's, uh, I think I may actually start running this donkey out for half my virtual closings for motorcycles. Well, you know, go ahead. They'll probably they'll probably listen to the donkey just about as much as they do with me. So sure, it could work out. Might have you might have some traction there. All right, so our last wacky news: an organize. Well, I'll just say an organizer of a North Carolina group called uh, on the state to ease its coronavirus restrictions was unable to attend two rallies because guess what? She tested positive for the disease. Uh, Audrea Whitlock, who administers the Facebook page reopened North Carolina, was under quarantine for two weeks ending Sunday after testing positive for the coronavirus. She said, I remained in isolation, self-quarantine at my home per the direction of my county health department. I have not attended any of the reopen NC events. Now, while the organizer was in isolation, the group held two other rallies in North Carolina, uh, urging Governor Cooper to speed up plans and lift the stay-at-home order which is in effect in North Carolina at least until uh, May 8th. She first revealed that she had the coronavirus in a private post on the group's Facebook page on Sunday. As an asymptomatic COVID-19 positive patient, Whitlock wrote in a message, another concern I have is the treatment of the COVID-19 patients. As it relates to other communicable diseases, I have been forced to quarantine in my home for two weeks. So she is trying to protest the stay-at-home orders while she herself gets the coronavirus. Uh, I feel like Alanis Morissette should write a song about that. Isn't that ironic? (laughs) I got nothing out of that. Nothing? I think think it's just a, a twist of irony, but I, I'm actually a member of that page group because I believe we do need to reopen North Carolina. Sure. Um, yeah. I, I've actually reached out to her to have actually have them on for an yeah, interview. That'd be fun. Haven't heard anything back well, yet. She's yeah. probably you know, yeah. self-quarantined. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just think that's ironic. That's all. <clears throat> but she did say she did say she was asymptomatic, which you probably could have a large majority of the population already asymptomatic. Sure, 100%. No, I totally so. agree with that. 
Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a ton of politics. I also agree we need to reopen, but um, I think the, the the science and the numbers prove that. But I just think it's ironic. That's all. No, I agree. agree. All right. So, uh, and again, because we had to uh, twist the show a little bit to have our our friends from uh, Peace and Peace Farms, uh, we did Wacky News first. But let me ask you, like I ask you guys every week, how you be doing, Magic Man? Go. I how be you be doing? Darn? Just fine, thank you. How about you? Good. Uh, everything's good on the TP front. I saw that you started a new project in the house with uh, ripping up the old flooring. How's uh, that it's going? It's actually going pretty good. Uh, we've uh, slowed down because we're doing the full-time working thing during the week. But um, it was my mm-hmm. uh, stepdaughter's old bedroom, and uh, we had removed the carpet uh, back in 2018 and just now getting to, around to putting the flooring down. So we've got about half the flooring down. Uh, then we'll have you know, do uh, paint the walls, baseboards all that kind of good stuff, and then uh, be able to use it again. So let me, so the project started in 2018. <laughs> and I'm just writing this down here, just carrying the numbers here. So that's two years you're getting that's to right. it. Um, listen, I don't feel nearly as bad for all my honeydew lists right now. Well, I'm hey, we you. did manage to do the whole downstairs last year. All, all through the, oh, okay. all the all rooms. Right. Make me feel the, bad. The half bath. We actually redid the half bath, new vanity, new toilet. New fixtures, all that stuff. So wow, yeah. So yeah, that that room up okay. there was it wasn't really being used other for the, uh, other than storing stuff. So you know, it, it wasn't as necessary and uh, wasn't hurting anybody just being a the subfloor. Uh, but we're we're like, hey, sure, you want to have anybody come over and spend the night or whatever? Be nice to have a guest room. Producer Brian will know about that. Uh, I will say I have waited four years <laughs> to paint the front door. I have not yet done that yet. So I. Maybe I'm a little worse. Uh, Producer Brian, how you been doing? I'm good. I'm uh, relieved today uh, because there was some time yesterday that I thought I was going to be going blind. Wait, what? Yeah. So (laughs) back up the story a little bit. Yesterday afternoon, uh, my wife and daughter were both in Zoom meetings. So I took my son out to ride his bike. So I walk out, open the garage door. Mambo was not involved the edge and, with this, right? I'm sorry, what? Mambo was not involved in the Zoom meetings. No, no, I don't believe so. I wasn't in the Zoom meetings. So no one okay. told me there was that's, a that's, donkey. That's fair. Yep. Uh, so I, uh, the, the, the door's coming up, and I see like these little white things falling off the garage door. That's really weird. And I look at my son, and he's got ant eggs all over him. Like ants and like falling all out of the garage door. Like, Uh-oh. Okay. And I, I probably haven't opened it in a week and a half, the garage door. So... He doesn't know what's happening, so I just brush him off real quick. Sure. Hey, go stand over there. No, don't freak out. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. Uh, so you know, I, I close. I get my. I've got a like a five gallon bucket of uh, ant killer. I keep on hand just in case. Just just for fun. Just, just in case. Well, I'm allergic to fire ants, so if I see any okay. kind of ant, I just it's not pretty. But uh, <clears throat> so I. Uh, I get the thing out, and so on the garage door, you know, it's all panels, and right. the the ant colony, the mini, it's a small colony, is like eye level to me, Ooh. like the third tier up on this You're garage door. So I get my ant spray, and I get a pump, and I start spraying. Well, yesterday was really oh, no. windy. Oh no! So I start spraying, and then I just get this like rush of ant poison in my oh, face. And then I don't know if it was like hypochondria or something, but you know, 
for like the rest of the night, I was like, why is everything blurry? Is everything blurry? You know, so in my head, I was I had a catastrophic, you know, accident. But I'm fine today. So anyway. Well, one, I'm glad to know that you're fine. You yeah, know, I'm great. And you yeah. can see. Uh, two, will this be uh, quickly followed up by the website? Is producer Brian blind? Oh, there we go. It's going to be a Ray Charles, a Ray Charles exterminating.com. <laughs> you didn't say that. Oh, I got to write that down. Uh, that's, that's, uh. Or Helen Keller exterminating.com. You got two choices. Uh, which one's... Hey, Stevie Wonder. That. Can't forget him too. Oh no! Yeah, there you go. Uh, Mojo, Mojo, how you be doing? Uh, I'm good. Exhausted. Uh, We uh, so just to kind of give you a little rundown, and this is a little less uh, humorous, I guess, than uh, producer Brian's. But so for the past uh, week and a half, um, we've been really busy at our shop, which is awesome. but we did decide to do an act of philanthropy. A friend of ours in Salisbury who owns a barbershop called Man Made uh, Barber, uh, obviously they were forced to close due to the the Rona regulations here in North Carolina. But um, he's got a big heart. I, 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 since I met the guy in Salisbury, I've, I've um, kind of tapped him as the honorary mayor of Salisbury because he seems to know everybody. <laughs> And he knows the needs of the area. Anyway, so he posted a challenge um, to base all the residents and friends on his page. To He showed a picture of the empty pantries at Rowan Helping, uh, Rowan Helping Ministries, which is Rowan County in Rowan County. Covers Salisbury and also the outlying county. Uh, but, the, but the pantry was basically just bare. And this ain't just a small pantry. This is a warehouse. So they raised uh, funds and food. With this organization, so obviously we felt compelled because we're in the uh, community there. Sure. So we put out a kind of a uh, call to action for our guests, customers, potential customers, our community, um, and we had kind of an impromptu um, uh, bike run and several other things kind of come together. Last Saturday, um, we collected nearly twenty one hundred pounds of food. Um, for uh, through that drive, obviously we're continuing that because the need is still there. We didn't want to be just a one and done type uh, college athlete. So we continued there. Um, we're matching everything through the shop, um, dollar for dollar, product for product uh, to keep that. But here, here's the staggering number. And for anyone who I, I've had this conversation probably 12 times a day, um, for anyone who doesn't think we need to open back up the country, I, I beg to differ. We we sent twenty, nearly twenty two hundred pounds of food to Rowan Helping Ministries, and that helps only twenty families for one week. Wait, repeat that, please. So we took twenty, nearly twenty two hundred pounds. I think the exact number was twenty one sixty three pounds of food to Rowan Helping Ministries. That only helps twenty families. For one week. Wow. I'm talking about three truckloads of food. Canned goods, macaroni, ramen, things that shelves yeah. They help 40 families a day on slow days. Wow. So, and these, and these just to kind of hammer home the, the amount of need. Um, 
these aren't families who qualify for food assistance. These are families mm-hmm. who are fall above the income bracket mm-hmm. for that. So it's the, basically the working class, the blue collar families out there. Um, these aren't people who are eligible to receive food assistance. So they can't go to the grocery store um, to make a purchase with funds they don't have. These are people that are making have, having to make a decision of do I pay my bill here or do I put food on the table? Yeah. So anyway, um, we've been doing that. Like I said, we've been uh, doing that for a little, little a week and a half. I guess by the time it's airs, we'll do two weeks. So we're hoping to, you know, we're hoping to raise as much as we can. So that's what we've been doing. That's the reason why I wasn't on last week, just preparing uh, for that endeavor uh, for the weekend. And, um, yeah, that's where we're at. If people want to give, how do they give? Well, um, great question. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, just like we've had on our show in the past, just, you know, before uh, the rest of the guys came on, we, you know, interviewed, um, fill my basket out of Oklahoma. And these, these are guys that kind of inspired, uh, that social awareness. Obviously, if you live in the North Carolina area, um, especially in the Rowan County area, you can donate directly, um, to Rowan County, um, or excuse me, Rowan Helping Ministries. But I'm pretty sure, and I'll, I'll put money on this, that this need is probably nationwide. So I encourage anyone listening to this, that, uh, to think about your local food bank, um, the ones that are private ministries and doesn't have to necessarily be quote unquote church mm-hmm. affiliated or whatever. It could just be a person who saw a need, started a nonprofit. Seek out those food banks to uh, find out their need. And I'm pretty sure their need is great. You know, we, these, some of these food banks are maybe seeing, you know, um, a need for 10 people a day. And now they're, you know, when you multiply, multiply that exponentially, um, they're just, they're running out. I mean, like our local food bank would go through maybe a pallet, a pallet of green beans a week. You know, now they're going through a pallet every two days. So the need is just there. So, um, obviously if you want to contact me, um, um, our face through our business Facebook page, you can contact us at Blue Collar Cycle Company on Facebook. Um, you can email us at Blue Collar Cycle Co at Gmail, and also actually our shop cell phone number is nine eight zero six two one seven three nine nine. If you want to give us directly, and we're like I said, we're if you give directly, we're actually matching dollar for dollar through the shop. So you know, whatever that is, we'll do the shopping for you. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just a need out there right now that I think sometimes all we hear are numbers and stats every day. We don't see real faces in need. So anyway, um, you know, we, we, we talk about this often. Um, I'm not everybody's branded Christian. I, I, I kind of preface that with a lot of conversations. I start with a lot of people just because I'm not that person who, um, you know, wears a, the khaki dockers and the, Affliction the, shirts. uh, press white shirt and the, uh, clip on tie, you know, that's, I, I was that person once, once upon a go, but 
I'm not everybody's brand now. Um, but I do believe in the words of Jesus where he basically just said, follow me. And we saw, and you know, if you read the gospels, you see where it takes place with giving and watching your fellow man, helping your fellow neighbor. Um, sometimes we hand money blindly, not knowing where it's going, but I'm telling you, there's nothing more. There's no better rush than to find out what the need is and then actually supply the need, um, knowing that you're helping directly. So I encourage that to anyone listening anywhere, um, just to seek that need. I, I'm like I said, dollars of donuts. I guarantee you that there's a need in your local area. So I encourage anyone to do that. And you, uh, you posted a, a video today with Operation Decisive Victory, and we've had them yeah. on the show. Can you tell a little bit about Ten Two and what what he's needing as well? And um, yeah, yeah. So Ten uh, Two um, and his wife Donna um, uh, started a little organization called Operation Decisive Victory. Um, Operation Decisive Victory was birthed out of the need. For, I'm not putting words in Tintu's mouth, but um, the failure of uh, the VA system and the government to take care of our veterans. Um, you know, I don't care what side of the fence you fall on uh, with military, but this is our this is our tax dollars using using and abusing our men and women, our own blood and flesh of this country, um, and. They don't have a backup safety net for these guys. And I think where Donna and Tintu, uh, Marine, former Marine, or I'm sure as he would say, a Marine for life, um, they, you know, they, they got discharged and, and uh, basically there was some gaps in the system to not meet his needs for, you know, PTSD and things like that. So uh, these guys were inspired to start. Operation Decisive Victory to help fill that gap where the government VA system falls. I mean, they they suit their needs and you know for their um, for their budget purposes, and then anything above and beyond that, then they they can't meet. So anyway, Tinsu reached out, or she, actually Donna reached out to me yesterday um, in our local area, Salisbury, North Carolina, where I'm at, has their our state. Um, VA hospital there, big, big hospital, um, right down the street. Coincidentally, we also have one of the largest veterans homeless, um, populations in the whole state too, just because other cities will ship our veterans to the VA in Salisbury. The, the VA will, you know, treat the wound and then basically send them out. And a lot of these guys have other guys and gals actually have other problems besides just, you know, a sore or infection. They actually have other issues. And uh, anyway, so tend to Donna reached out to us yesterday about helping out with doing some fundraising to help out the organization because um, the need now doing, you know, with, with the Corona and the COVID, whatever you want to call it, Rona, Corona, COVID, Chinese, Kung Flu, whatever you're going to call it. <laughs> So, get that song stuck uh, yeah, in Brian's uh, head, man. Let's not do that. <laughs> but um, a lot of local um, 
government-assisted organizations like shelters, things like that, have shut down or either even tightened up their criteria to allow the homeless population or, or families and or people in need in due to possible infection or, or uh, exposure. So, um, with that being said, um, Tintu and Donna reached out to help uh, for us to help as far as organizing a fundraiser. And I'd like to also extend that to our show mm-hmm. listeners. Um, if you got a few bucks, donate because not only does every dollar count, um, you know, over 90% of every dollar donated to Operation Decisive Victory goes directly to the veteran, not to bottom line organizations. Usually if you see on a, you know, I'm sure if you saw on a, uh, a corporate breakdown, of a lot of these charities, probably majority of it goes to their bottom line versus the recipient. Yep. So um, every dollar that you give will help them out. So you go to OperationDV.com, um, Operation Decisive Victory. Um, they, their website's mm-hmm. great. I mean, it you can see everything they represent, reason why they're there, and it's just all kinds of facts and whatever, what you know, whatnot about the organization. And Tintu and Donna's passion for what they do speaks volumes. Yeah. Um, you know, when Tintu gets a call, um, he's on the road. He's not waiting till final approval through 17, or, <laughs> 17 uh, you know, bumper stoppers. I mean, he's, he's out right. there. Um, he, so uh, I, I don't, not that my name is important, but um, I'm not going to put my name behind something that I don't believe yeah. in. And um, I'm not a veteran, um, but. My father is, my my grandfather was before him, and um, I can see in our community, I can see the failures of our system. So places like Operation Decisive Victory, I don't mean no, to steal this whole time right now, but um, places like Operation Decisive Victory, the guys are actually on the ground doing what our tax dollars should be doing. So I really admire these guys. So if you have a buck, two bucks, buy, go buy some cans of food, you know, food for your local food bank, donate to an organization like Decisive Victory. Decisive Victory is not just in our area. Decisive Victory also does nationwide. Yep. In fact, Very key. Um, Tintu actually said that uh, they're helping out a vet family um, that's way northeast, if you think about that. So they're not just in North Carolina. They actually have a, uh, a group of passionate volunteers who are nationwide. So they got boots on the ground everywhere. So anyway, Operation DV, Operation Decisive Victory, check yeah, them that out. That was uh, episode 132. We interviewed them. If you want to hear more about their story and, and why they started that organization. Yeah, great organization. Yeah. And uh, in Northeast, if they have listeners, and again, in New Hampshire, Vermont, Delaware. Just <laughs> <laughs> throwing that out there. Um, uh, Mojo. Uh, I would like to say right now, you know, how, you know how I cry. You know, you know how I cry. <laughs> you better start. Well, my, I might be good. Um, uh, the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast will donate five hundred dollars to whatever charity you'd like. Well, I would. I would. We need to do that to Operation Decisive Victory. I think that's the biggest need okay. right now. I will write a check to Operation Decisive Victory on uh, in your name. Oh no, 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 not my name. I'll. In fact, I will match that. Well, now we're all going to start crying. <clears throat> all right. <laughs> you better not play that music. Here we go. And for only 69 cents a day, 
You too can adopt a veteran. <laughs> and Ray Charles Exterminating Company. I'm not blind. I swear. All right. Well, to follow that, um, gentlemen, I got a, a package in the mail this past week. And uh, as you know, uh, it has been a long time a coming. And I have uh, finally received the Ninja, Ninja Pillow. Pillow. The Ninja Pillow is oh, here. Yeah, yeah. I was just talking to someone the other day about this. Yeah. What were you saying about said Ninja Pillow? Don't order Ninja <laughs> Pillows. So what's your review? <laughs> well, here's the story. Well, and and I I made a, a small little video, and I'll I'll send this to producer Brian. He can do whatever he wants with it. Um, but I got the package, and my wife was like, "What is this?" Because evidently, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but when you're in quarantine, your wife will order a ton of crap from everywhere. I don't know if you know that. She's in the other room, that's why I had to you know, lower it down. Um, but anyway, so we. Um, <laughs> So every day we're getting packages, and I'm like, what the heck is this? So she she gets the package, she looks at it, and throws it inside the house, and she said, oh, it's got your name on it, I don't care about it. I don't know what this is, I can't remember. On my app, it still says it's in Wuhan, China. Like, I don't know what this is. So I look at it, and it's got the Chinese markings all over it. Uh-oh. So I threw it back outside. It's like, get out of my house! Um, and then I went out there with the, the Lysol and sprayed it. Then I wiped it down. Then I cut it with the scissors. Then I wiped the scissors down. Um, then I took them out of the package and it was my ninja pillows. I was like, finally, since January uh, 13th, I ordered these things. They finally got here. I was like, all right, here we go. I'm excited about my ninja pillows. And just to uh, recap, I ordered the ninja pillows in case you, you don't, uh, I haven't heard. I ordered these ninja pillows off of Facebook Marketplace because one, I was really tired with our two foster kids, a hot pocket and small batch. I was exhausted back in January. I said, um, I need some, some sleep. Evidently this thing could make a 78 year old man become some type of ninja that runs a thousand miles a day. And, and, swims and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, well, I need that kind of energy. So I ordered said ninja pillows January 13th. They arrived today, or this past week, I think uh, April 27th. Hey, buddy. Could, took, took a long time. The old man could have gotten the ocean and swam here by this time, but alas. Um, and so I opened these things up, and again, it says ninja pillow. I open up the package, and I thought it was going to be you know, like these um, these mattresses that are, are shrink-wrapped, you know, like the vacuum, what are those? Uh, like Casper yeah, mattresses? Like pur- purple, purple pad- Casper yeah. mattresses. Oh, yeah. Where you open it up and just, it expands. They were already expanded. I was like, heck. <laughs> these are actually made for ninja-sized people. They were tiny little pillows. I was like, I Don't can't. go ninja, nobody don't need ninja. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> thank you, producer Brian. Uh, and th- these are tiny little pillows. Now there was like a little indention on the side. And I was like, "Well, I'm going to take it upstairs, see if it works." Y'all, I I couldn't get comfortable with that thing. But alas, big and thinking ahead, I bought two of them. So I stacked one on the other one, and quite honestly, I'm getting some pretty decent sleep out of them. 
Who knew? You just have to order two of them. Yeah, so when are you doing that marathon? Well, the good thing the good thing is uh, you can use it for toilet paper if it doesn't I work I mean, out. it's basically, it's a um, you know memory foam with a little divot on the front of it. You don't really need the divot. Should have just brought a memory foam pillow. How big, how big are they? Uh, I'll measure them, but I'm pretty confident they're no bigger than about 13 inches by about 8 inches, if that, if that. Face mask. You could use them for a face mask. That's a solid suggestion there. So, well, I mean, I've seen people use water jugs, plastic bags, <laughs> honey beekeeper outfit with, you know. <laughs> honey beekeeper. Yeah, and, and the, the netting in the no, front, you, you can even have that masked off. Oh, yeah, he just had netting in the front. I guess Corona, the virus is probably. <laughs> it's as big it's as those pictures you see on the news, ball. right? Yeah, right? It looks like a golf ball. <laughs> Um, so when's so, your marathon scheduled? Just to make you like a supreme athlete, right? Listen, if there if that's the case, then we're looking at a solid twenty forty two, solid twenty forty two. <laughs> I can make it. Bionic yeah, body, buddy. I just, I mean, I'm getting a little bit better, but I don't know if it's because of the pillows. Or to be fair, I'm just that exhausted that I'm just sleeping through the night. Let's let's segue into the if you're not getting any better or getting any better. Mm-hmm. Um, how's that SFP Twitter account going? Oh, a healthy one. Oh, absolutely. It, we we chose it was coronavirus. It was carbs or coronavirus. And by the time by the, by the look of my face, that that went out the window. So I chose carbs. <laughs> that probably is it. That's right. I probably just I probably just need to eat better. How about that? Maybe maybe the maybe the carbs are actually protecting you from from that's what it is. I hope not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's the whiskey that's protected me from the corona. Well, evidently Trump said that we can drink bleach, so whiskey is probably good enough, good enough for what are we at? Forty-one uh, percent uh, alcohol on this one, so we'll see. You're gonna be squeaky clean. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, mine's fifty, so yeah, we're getting there. Um, all right, so let's do some follow-up. Uh, Producer Brian, do you have any updates on Bingo? Bingo. Bingo. Is live. There we have it is. Bingo. We posted it everywhere uh, last Monday. And Mojo's out. So um, that's what he thinks about Bingo. <laughs> He's about to say Bingo. Yeah, yeah. I think so that's square. Maybe some of you guys have been playing along. Uh, Biggin said if we, you know, we get a completed Bingo sheet, uh, mm-hmm. he's going to throw out some hats, or at least a hat to somebody. Sure. If you can, I think you can go through most of this. I, fi- I finally made it. I think you can get through most of this in one episode, right? Absolutely. Things happen. If you're, you know, I mean, I'm, one of them, I believe, is finishing a bottle of bourbon. Right now, we're getting pretty close. Yeah, I mean, I'd finished a pretty bottle close. of bourbon right here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you can't oh, see it because I switched this. You can't oh, see because you switched yeah. over. You, I just finished a bottle of bourbon. We don't have to say how big it is. Yeah, I mean, it's that's a bottle. A I opened it before the show started, and I finished it. So, and, you know, it could have been the bottom, but you didn't say to start the bottle, to finish the bottle. I'm sure you yeah. have a couple of half-empty bottles laying around. Well, buddy, let me well, tell you, you about this story. Last time I was there. Um, now, <laughs> yeah, right? So now I'm going through trying to clean out some space. So I'm just going through and getting all these little small ones that have, you know, just a, a shot or two and just yeah. getting rid of those. Just pour them all in one glass and go for it, right? You know, there's, that's called the infinity bottle. Did you know that? No. So uh, bourbon connoisseurs will get some of their finest bourbons and they'll pour like one, one ounce and they'll just make, or however many ounces they want. Yeah. 
and they just write it down and they want to make an infinity bottle that they just keep pouring bourbon in, into it. And then, you know, they may take drink some and then put some back in. But the idea is you pass it down generationally and whatever. I don't know if that... That sounds too complicated. Sure. Speaking of complicated, uh, big and stop t- stock tip of the week. Um, Mojo, have you been looking at any of the stocks, investing in any stocks? Um, no, just because I can get a better return on my investment investing in me. <laughs> so. That actually is one hundred percent true. Um, can I invest in big uh, blue collar cycle it. company? Is it com- Is it company or shop? A funny story here. So okay. we go by blue collar cycle company. Um, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if I want to say this out loud. Okay, the guy who fi- filed our LLC has a lisp. So it's blue collar cycles <laughs> company LLC, uh, you know, official paperwork, but yeah, we go by blue collar cycle company. <laughs> Cause he couldn't say shop. No, he didn't do shop. But he, he, he put an S on the X on the end of cycle. I was like blue collar cycle. He's like blue collar cycles. So. Oh, okay. so it's cycles. Was he company. dictating this and not writing it down? How does that happen? <laughs> but it works. So, yeah. You know. Have you talked to our friend Paula Yost at the Country Law Shack for the LLC? Um, <laughs> all right. So, Blue Collar. I'll, I'll change the name to Blue Collar no, no, Cycles. No, it's Blue Collar Cycle. It's good. So, yeah. Hey, I just want to give a quick shout out. There's uh, several people. um, I started a Facebook watch party uh, for this live stream. And uh, I've got several friends, family who are uh, listening now or watching now. So just want to give them all a shout out and say thank you for tuning into this uh, podcast and uh, like us and uh, and, uh, let us know. So, yeah. I grew up well, on behalf on behalf uh, Amy of SFP, I would like to apologize to Ryan Ray's family <laughs> for watching us. So, yeah, uh, they do not get a five hundred dollar <laughs> donation. Um, all right, so uh, as has been known uh, on the show notes, uh, Robinhood app. Uh, if you'd like to start dabbling in the stock market, uh, one I would say just forego the Robinhood app, invest in Blue Collar Cycle Shop. And, you know, it'll probably get a better return on investment. Um, but if you do decide, hey, I want to play with the stock market, because, you know, there's nothing else to do. There's no live sports. So we might as well just, you know, watch the little ticker go up and down. Uh, I use the Robinhood app. And um, at, at this point, just because there's free commissions, there's no commissions and it's free trade and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, but there's a link to the Robinhood app on our show notes. You can go there. You get a free stock, I get a free stock. It makes life great. So my my big pick, and again, I'm a huge spender on this, so I'll I'll let you know where I'm at. Octurious Therapeutics Holding. That's my 100% buy right now per eight analysts that uh, that we interviewed. Uh, they are a ther- they engages in the research and development of medical applications for the nucleic acid focus technology. That sounds fancy. The firm develops RNA therapeutics, which focuses on the treatment of liver and respiratory diseases. 
its pipeline includes Lunar OTC, that's over the counter, and Lunar CF. The company was founded in 2013. Um, so, uh, great company. So here's here's where I'm at on my holdings. I bought two stocks of this for thirty three dollars and nine cents. Two stocks uh, uh, for thirty three dollars and nine cents each. Uh, it is now at $34.05. I've made a total of $1.92. Big spender. Ballin'. Hey, Ballin'. Wow. That's better than negative. It's truth. Um, well, here, look. Just for our SFP insiders, I'll, I'll show you. Uh, see, look at all the red, though. That's all, <laughs> that's all my negatives. <laughs> so uh, my stock tip of the week next week is the... Uh, make sure you purchase the uh, Wuhan Rona. Uh, it's, uh, supposedly they're coming up with a cure with the Corona. <laughs> <laughs> I will say my last uh, my pick for a nautical that's still gone up. I think so any, I think anything stay at home exercise activity. I think mm-hmm. obviously anything we we can use like Walmart, Amazon, Target, the companies that have innovated. To meet the need right now versus like, you know, this, that in-person shopping experience. I mean, Walmart, we ordered a bunch, we ordered uh, the max amount from Walmart for our food pantry drive and then dropping it off at the shop for like seven bucks. So companies that are actually out there going and innovating, I think that's great with stock because they, they've already taken their hit, you know, a big hit three weeks after. Yeah. Uh, the shutdown. So I think a lot of these companies are poised to make a comeback once they've innovated. Yeah. Um, all right. So last week, producer Brian, uh, magic man, we, we laughed at the NFL draft because, uh, Henry Ruggs, the third, uh, was in a bathrobe and we, we yucked it up. We thought it was really funny that they did the NFL draft at the players' homes, and this guy was in a bathrobe, and we yucked it up. Ha ha, look at him. He didn't even get dressed for it. I made the comment, what's next? Somebody's going to come out butt naked. Just be like, hey, look at me. You know, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, Producer, uh, or sorry, Magic Man, you actually sent us an article why that happened. So do you want to go over it? I've got it here. Yeah, you you go ahead. Do you want me to go over it? I don't have it in front of me. Okay, so we yucked it up. The guy was in a bathrobe. He got picked 12th overall to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Henry Ruggs decided uh, he's going to do it in a bathrobe, but it was a publicity, a sponsorship by Old Spice. You know how Old Spice does the, you know, the bath, the guy in the bathrobe and On a horse, all that kind of fun, that fun stuff. But um, it actually was a sponsorship from Old Spice. Because they wanted to um, to f- um, provide money for um, uh, the United Way, so they were going to give um, three hundred twenty thousand dollars to the United Way if he wore the bathrobe, and it was part of one of his friends passed away and wanted something to do for inner city kids. Um, so the United Way was the uh, the organization that they chose. So we were yucking it up, and he actually got three hundred twenty thousand so, dollars. 
I read a different you. article about that, actually. Oh. So I'm, I'm wondering. This, this is breaking this might be a news? fact check. So the article I read said that the, that Old Spice donated this, that amount of money, $320,000, okay. which is great. Yep. But then they paid this guy to wear the robe to bring attention to that. That's what I read. Ooh. But maybe, you know, this is but how would they have done that work. if he didn't have done that, if he wouldn't have done that? I think he got paid to wear a bathrobe on the draft is what Ooh. I think happened. But. I don't want to make a lot of the donations great that he did that. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe mm. we'll maybe check our facts a little bit, but uh, yeah, <laughs> two we'll different stories, two completely different stories check. there. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. Well, we'll have to fact check the fact check then. Um, all right. So, Producer Brian, you had something come up on uh, Facebook or Instagram, one of these things that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is Go right up our this alley. Up. This, this seems like if, if there's a thing that we're going to talk about, Here it's it is. not heavy we're gonna anyway. Bring we're going to bring it. This is a very controversial subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, this actually came up from our church. I think the youth were playing this game and I saw it and went, oh, this, is, this looks like our kind of thing. So, okay. I got this little picture I'm putting up on the screen. All right. And the game is you have to pick three of these restaurants. You can only have three and you get rid of the rest of them. You can only eat these three, I guess, forever is, is the premise. Mm-hmm. Pick these three, three, three of these nine restaurants. And if you're actually, if you're listening like a normal podcast listener, our choices are Taco Bell, Culver's, Chick-fil-A, Burger King, Subway, McDonald's, Arby's, Wendy's, and Panda Express. So it's kind of an mm. odd grouping, I would say. Ooh. On some levels, but you know, what are, you know, what are your three? Okay, got to have or you know, leave the rest behind. Got them. Okay, I've got my three. Uh, Magic sure Man, do you have your three? Mojo, yeah. Do you have your three? Yeah. Okay. You can't pick Chick Fil A three times. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You can't pick it three <laughs> times. <laughs> All right, so uh, uh, Magic Man, you go first. Okay, I would say one, three, and eight. You're going Taco Bell, Chick Fil A, and Wendy's. Why? Why are we going that route? We got to make sure we cover all of our bases as far as the fast food chains are concerned. So you've got your tacos, you've got your chicken, you've got your burgers. And the, and and the top of each one. Mm. Okay. 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 This is the guy sense. who made the weirdest burger known to man a couple weeks ago. But you know it would be good. One hundred percent. He put scrambled eggs on his burger. No. It'd be good to no. somebody. That is the. It, it had lots of protein on it. It was, it was um, keto <laughs> friendly. It did have that. Yeah. Um. All right. So so there's that. Um. Mojo, why don't you go ahead and go? What's your three? Well, um, the only saving grace for number six is, and this is where we probably lose all oh, our wow. listeners. Um, there's actually, you can order a McChicken sandwich, a McDouble, and a fish of filet and combine those. And it's actually called a, it's actually $3. called a McGangbang. <laughs> so. Do we have to edit that out? It's a family uh, show. It's on the live stream, though. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's the only saving grace for number six. But I'm uh, I'm gonna go Culver's because they're the home oh, of the Lord. butter burger. That is um, a good and burger, they have cheese curds. Uh-huh. Uh, Chick Fil A. I mean Chick Fil A. I mean true. come on. I mean if you don't no if 
if you don't pick Jesus chicken, I don't want to be a friend with you. And then number eight. Just yeah, number eight is uh, you got the Baconator. Number yeah. eight. I don't know. The quality of their uh, burgers just Ooh. above all the other ones, in my opinion. But but the good thing, I think the best thing about number one, the saving grace for number one, Taco Bell, is they actually give you a bag to poop in after, you know, it upsets your stomach. That's so, true. Um, Note to self, though, they have all, they all have bags. <laughs> well, Panda, I they think Panda Express comes in a styrofoam box, so that might be a little awkward. Be a little more sterile, though. I mean, that's in a bag. But, so. but if you order enough of it, there's a bag. Right. It is true. <laughs> uh, can you put the, the graphic yeah, back it. up there? there All right. Yep. So, uh, producer Ron, you said you had a controversial pick. I do. So have I'm, a controversial I'm thinking pick. I may need to leave you to the end. Yeah, that's fine. I can go last. Okay. Uh, for me, uh, clearly, uh, number three, Chick fil A. Number, I'm going number nine, the Panda Express. Mm. I, I love me some Panda Express. Whenever my wife is in Huntersville, uh, I say, pick up some Panda Express, bring it home. Uh, and then I'm going to go with number eight, Wendy's. And I'll tell you why. Their breakfast is pretty dang good. So if I have to eat this thing, and these are the yeah. only three you things three I can meals, get, right? I'm getting Wendy's breakfast. Chick-fil-A breakfast is horrible. I, Panda Express doesn't have any breakfast. But if I have to have a breakfast, I'm going to number eight. Hmm. All right, so... So you're not getting the uh, Crunchwrap Supreme from Taco Bell? I can give it up for Wendy's. <laughs> they have a fantastic uh, honey butter chicken biscuit. Oh, yeah. You told me about that. What, what's, on, what's on this Wendy's breakfast? I have not been to it yet. Well, that, that's a good question you asked, Mojo. You've got the honey butter biscuit, the honey butter chicken biscuit. You've got a maple, uh, which is just, again, honey butter and chicken, uh, fried chicken on a biscuit. It's pretty decent. Uh, you've got a maple bacon croissant, chicken maple bacon croissant, uh, bacon, chicken, uh, a maple butter, and a croissant. If you want to be healthy, you can go an oatmeal bar. I don't know why you would, but there's that. Uh, and then um, they have uh, different, uh, like McMuffin type things. You know, I don't want McMuffins and McDonald's, but it has like the... What are those? Oh, English uh, muffin. English muffins. So they have those uh, those type of things, and then oatmeal and some other things. They're they're also key point. They they've got home seasoned fries that are really good. The uh, home style fries, they're good. I I don't know why these companies like you know I think Starbucks is probably one of the first ones that came out with this like oatmeal to go. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, producer Ryan, you like it? Yeah, but I, I, I'm not saying it's not good. I've never actually. had it, but. How much does that cost? It's oatmeal. Uh, it's three, three bucks. Yeah, three, I mean, bucks, yeah. I think. But it's got like nuts in it, like real nuts and dried fruit and stuff. It's you probably, but you decent. probably, it's better than your uh, pack from Quaker. You yeah, know. But, oh man, I guess you can't hide money if you buy a Starbucks oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to work at Starbucks. Did you really? Clear, Were you so. a barista? Really? Yes. I was a barista many, many years ago. Learned something new every day. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, Did yeah. not know that. So I, I've been uh, indoctrinated into the church of Starbucks. Just saying. Really? Yeah. You don't you don't think that it, it, it tastes burnt? No. I don't, That's the reason why they call it, it Starburnt. 
It, does anybody else, Magic Man, do you, yeah, talk, I'm not do a you big think it's a coffee burnt? drinker? But I've had hot chocolate from there, and it does taste very, very burnt to me. <laughs> the hot chocolate's like all vanilla it's, and whatever it is, sugar. It's burnt. It, it, it feels like it's, it tastes like it's been sitting on the burner for a while. Okay. Uh, you know who makes a good well, cup of uh, of hot Mojo. chocolate is uh, you pick is, Taco uh, Bell. Caribou you probably like their coffee, coffee, which I don't think they're around anymore. They may be in a couple places, but they're not around like they used to be. They they, they oh. made some good. Sorry, Brian. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. I get it. It's an acquired true. taste. Very true. Mojo, do you think it's burnt? So I, if I was a betting man, I, I would bet Magic Man would be the one who get hot chocolate and coffee joints. <laughs> <laughs> I made that too easy on you. <laughs> a keg of the hot chocolate and a uh, spiced apple the, oatmeal. The, uh, the oatmeal. <laughs> He's getting the chicken tenders at and Panda Express. And don't forget, Express. I need the egg yeah. on it too. So, you know. mm-hmm. And ketchup. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Lord. Yeah, you're you're you made a good point that we will not reference Magic Man for anything that we need a valid (laughs) taste test on. (laughs) What dipping sauce would you like, Mr. Ray? I'll take some mayonnaise. (laughs) Uh, you realize this is for your mashed potatoes, right? (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. You realize this is for your cinnamon apple oatmeal. Oh yeah, I'm good. <laughs> hey, uh, oh, that's Lord. a bingo square. Biggin loses it. Uh, oh yeah, there we go, <laughs> and we're out. Bingo. <laughs> All right. So, what's your controversial? All right, so, so here's here's my controversial pick. Uh, I'm going with McDonald's no, for Lord. their breakfast because their biscuits no, are better than any of the other biscuits I've had. I've had Wendy's. To be clear. That's the problem. I've had, I've had it when he's uh, Arby's, because I like most of the things on the Arby's menu. Chamoka shake, anybody? Oh yeah, no. Yeah, they've got roast beef. They got fish. They have chicken. Lots of variety. They have curly fries. That Who else has true. curly fries? Their curly fries are fantastic. Mm. I love their curly, I love curly fries. It's battered, and deep fried. Come on, man. Uh, and then Wendy's. So controversy is the absence of a certain pick. Because I, I can live without Chick-fil-A's. That's the truth. Well. What's missing from this list is Bojangles, which hasn't been said yet. But. I don't think there's been a time in my life where I've ever been so disappointed in somebody. Yeah. I really don't. Like, my my nine-year-old will lie to my face after I've seen him say or do something. And I said, did you do this? And he said, absolutely not. I didn't do it. Never been I was less disappointed yeah, when my accountant told me I was getting a $4,000 tax return. I ended up getting an IOU for $4,000. Well, let's be clear. You also, you haven't been more disappointed since your LLC guy did Blue Collar Cycles. Blue Collar Cycles. <laughs> Lisp your name. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, how about that? So you're going, bring that up again. I didn't. Right, going Arby's, which I would kind of agree with. Arby's has a plethora yeah, so, of options. Well, you know, my, uh, I don't know, I gotta find my screen again. I was, um, I'm sorry. All right. So, yeah, so I'm thinking taking the three meal a day approach. Okay. Breakfast at McDonald's, because yeah. they, they have gravy, too. Just saying. Uh, do they really, though? Yeah, they do. I've had it. They have pancakes. Mm. They have the big breakfast. Uh, 
Yeah, Arby's would be my dinner choice probably because they have a few okay. more meat choices. And then Wendy's, you know, I like their burgers, baconator. Oh, All right, so nobody picked chili. Yeah, nobody picked Burger King, so that's yeah. that's off the map. What oh, if we yeah. replaced Bojangles with Burger King? Uh, Would that change anybody's? Yeah, well, I'd I'd go Bojangles, Arby's, Wendy's, probably. I go Taco Bell, Chick Fil A, and Bojangles. The problem is, is you've got if you pick, you're going to pick Chick Fil A, then Bojangles is also the chicken place. So there's a problem. Pick your chicken, man. Mm. I bet you would choose. I bet you Mojo? would choose Dunkin' over Krispy Kreme, would you? I just know it. Right? For me, no, 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 no. It's Krispy Kreme over Dunkin' any all day, any day. Sorry. Yo, I made the mistake of going by the the Dunkin' Donuts the other day. I, got, I have a I have a Krispy Kreme less than a half mile from my shop, and uh, I'd hate to tell you how many Krispy Kreme donut points I have on my card right now. I use I use I use a dozen for uh, bribery. You know, I'd use a dozen donuts for bribery at the DMV all the time. Yeah. That's genius, right there. It is uh, genius. Mojo with the hacks, the life hacks today. Hookline and Heroes is a 501c3 nonprofit based in Charlotte, North Carolina. Founded in 2017 to show God's love and appreciation for our disabled and PTS military veterans. They provide professionally guided fishing trips to nominated veterans at no cost to the veteran. Hookline and Heroes has provided over 30 plus trips around the Carolinas since their founding. From red fishing down in Charleston to striper fishing on Lake Norman and even offshore fishing down in Florida. Each trip is a one-on-one experience with a member of the organization aiming to provide a day of fun and relaxation on the water and begin a lifelong relationship with them. Each veteran leaves the day with a fully stocked tackle box, rod and reel, apparel, a Bible, and a daily devotion to to kickstart their new hobby and build their relationship with God. Please take the time to visit their website at hooklineandheroes.org to hear and learn more about them. You can help in many ways by nominating a veteran you know through their website, join their monthly giving program, Healing Heroes, or send a one-time personal or corporate donation. You'll also be happy to hear that they are completely volunteer-run, and nearly 100% of your donations goes directly towards providing trips for the veterans. Be sure to follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn to see their veteran stories and to show your support. All right, so let's go to our uh, special guest, uh, Marlene Childers. Can I give her the nod? Go ahead and bring and, and bring her in, uh, Producer Brian. Tell us about Marlene. All right, so uh, I'm going to bring in my lovely wife, Mrs. Mrs. Producer Brian. Marlene. Hey, Mrs. Producer Brian. Hey, uh, Mrs. Producer Brian. She opted <laughs> to not be on the, uh, the cameras tonight, so we have a stock photo. There you We're go. Put up there for the, those on Facebook Live and YouTube. Um, teacher for at uh, ten years now. Thirteen. Thirteen. Wow. I can't, I can't do old. math. That's been established. We've been um, married for what? Four <laughs> years? No, we've been married for ten. Yeah. We don't. I don't even know the answer <laughs> to that. Yeah, one we got the. So. There's a calculator. We got to count that one out. We got to figure it out with the calendar. So um, carry the one. Yeah. With you know, there's some stuff going on. Schools are out forever, right? So. uh we thought we'd bring her in and get some teacher opinions, maybe or maybe not her real opinions, but she can talk about the <laughs> teacher perspective. 
at, you know, with these schools being closed for eternity or till 2023, what they said, I think, right? And just for fun, go ahead and run that disclaimer for us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She'll, she's, this is, this is just for her. The views and opinions of Southern Fried Philosophy are not necessarily those of our guests, sponsors, or friends of the show, but they should be. Or employers. Okay. All right. Right. Sure. <laughs> so first of all, I want to know how homeschool's going. You want me to be honest with you? Yeah. <laughs> it is horrible. It is absolutely horrible. Uh, I think uh, producer Brian blamed this entire coronavirus on Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL last year, or uh, <laughs> this year. Uh, I'm blaming the teacher union. I think that they put this up to us, that they've released it, and they want the parents to realize just how horrible it is to be a teacher. So they can get a raise, and I mean, is it working? Pay it, yeah, sure, one hundred percent. Just trying I will to pay gauge, you. gauge the crowd here. I will pay you whatever you want to come back to work right now. <laughs> <laughs> there are some pretty fabulous memes out there for homeschooling slash teacher world. My favorite are all the ones that say, "Do you th- still think that we're lying about your child?" Mm. And here's what's interesting, though, Marlon, is the the teachers have said that that my kid has been great. That's awesome. No, no he's. I mean, there. I'm not. I'm not going to reveal much information because there's state stuff, you know, that we got to we got to involve in. But hey, buddy, I, I think he's sliding under some type of like radar that that nobody knows about. Okay, so I will say our standards are not that high right now. <coughs> I'm not trying to say that in a mean way. Sure. If your kid is trying something, we're pumped. Because I had like three kids submit anything last week. Wait, out of out of how many children do you 20. have? 20. 20. <laughs> I'm sitting at a less than 20% eat, do anything. Do anything Any- and let me know what you did. And that'd be awesome. There's lots of reasons. You know, I know I have a couple kids who um, are babysitting during the day. They have little siblings and their parents have to mm, work. And so the, okay. I, there are like life things happening as well. And the reality is the teachers know that like, because the teachers are also trying to homeschool our kids. Right. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So the teachers know that. And so it's not we're with you. We're trying to do everything we can to help you guys. But um, a lot of the stuff that like we're putting out is we have to prove that we're doing work so that we can keep getting paid as workers Mm. as well. So Mm. what grade do you teach? I teach third. So big, big news in third grade is there's no EOG this year. So in third graders, they usually take their first end of grade test. There's no that, end of grade test because we're not going to be at school. So now and, they get a beginning of fourth grade test. Oh. Supposedly. So the end of grade test would say, are they ready to move to the fourth grade? Correct. And now it's going to be, are you really ready to begin the fourth grade? I mean, it's going to be, where are you starting fourth grade? Who? Where are you starting? So the state has said that third grade is typically... They used to call it a gateway year. And so they would have to pass the test or show that they've been on grade level in some way to be able to be promoted. So the state has said if they're 
is not significant proceedings already before we went out, then you're promoted. Like you don't have to meet those same benchmarks that they have in the past unless the school has already said, hey, we have some serious concerns about your child going to fourth grade. But that would have had to have happened already. So there, there is a possibility that they say you haven't met the requirements. You're not going to fourth grade for next year at this point. Um, it sounds like to me, and let me just say that the teachers are finding out everything on the news, just mm-hmm. like the parents are. Really? We, like I've been trying to listen to the state board of ed meetings, but so much is dependent on the legislature and like the school districts don't have a ton of power on their own. And this, even the state board of ed, they have to get permission from the legislature to do um, all this decision making. But yeah, we're just all watching the news at the same time and we're not getting any information before anybody else in the public is. But from my understanding, what they said was unless there were like it had already been communicated that your child is probably going to be retained, then everybody's kind of starting on the, the same level moving on to the next grade level. So is this a is this a breakdown of complete uh, communication with, between the Board of Education and teachers? And how, how do they fix that? Or will they fix that? It's not really a breakdown. It's just that the fact that the legislature is only in session at certain times. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't go back until April 28th. And so the state board had all these things laid out, like here are all the things that we need you to approve that we don't have the authority to do. Wow. And like, please sign them. And so they, just the other day, whatever day the 28th was, because nobody knows what day it is anymore. You're right. <laughs> um, I believe that was Tuesday. Maybe. Whatever day that was, My the Senate right. put their bill yeah. forward and the House put their bill forward, and now they're going to, you know, work out all the details. But How is this going to impact the kids going forward? Like, do you think this whole coronavirus thing? So the reality is school cannot look the same because it is not possible to social distance in the school system. Here's why I say that. I am in a trailer. I'm sorry, a learning cottage. Mobile learning cottage. Mobile learning college. Sorry. You Frodo Baggins? (laughs) So um, I have 20 kids and I am lucky because my class, because I'm in third grade, is legally capped out. At 20 kids. Okay. So there because are. Because of the trailer? Is that why? No, because of the class size for younger kids and okay. learning to read. It has to do with their age, not their size or anything like that. But starting in fourth grade, there are mobile learning cottages all over the state that have 35, 40 kids in them all the time. And let me tell you that there is no space in my classroom. And so it is not possible. Like my guess, I'm really bad with spatial type things, but my guess is I could not get more than eight kids six feet apart from each other in my trailer. So they're looking at a couple different options. The um, state superintendent has formed this task force. They is in the news today. They made a task force with what does school need to look like in the fall. And so they're throwing around a couple of options. They said like maybe a B a day, B day, like your kid goes Monday, Wednesday, Friday, this week and Tuesday, Thursday, next week. They said maybe some groups go in the morning and the other ones go in the afternoon. Um, a school district in Florida, <laughs> get the, get them out of my house. They get this no. <laughs> so there's um, somewhere in Florida. I read, they were looking at like two weeks on two weeks off because that's the 14 day quarantine period. Right. So, but, Like, how does that work 
from the parent perspective, you need childcare whenever your child is not in school. Like, what does that look like for people? Also, if you have the same number of kids in the room during the day, there's still, you know what I mean? Like right now, the North Carolina is under less than 10 and not that we will be necessarily in August, but there's 20 kids a day. And then there's things like what happens if when some, I, I shouldn't even say if, when somebody gets sick, right? Because it's going to like, even if it's just a cold, you have to stay home with your symptoms. Mm-hmm. So we can barely get substitutes now. Like half the time our, we don't get subs and the kids get split. And so now you're taking four kids from every class and sending them to all the other classes. And then do I have to stay home for two weeks? Does my class have to stay home for two weeks? Does everybody who rode the bus with the kid who got sick have to stay home for two weeks? The bus limit for my school, my school has about a thousand kids who go there. Um, There's three kids to a seat on half of the buses. So there's like 72 kids on the buses. So what does that look like? What does that look like during this time where like there's no way to keep them separated? Does that make sense? Like it's not physically possible. Even if you look at, okay, like I have my own class all day, so it's not like we're switching, but high schools, they're talking about, well, you're going to have to be with the same group of kids all day. So the teachers might switch. Like your, your teacher would move classrooms to go to math, to go to English or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then what about the kids who get pulled out for different services? If you get pulled out for the gifted program or if you get pulled out for some remediation or you get pulled out for English as a second language, you're mixing with kids from all the other classes right? in any way, shape or form. So, I mean, that's really the, the biggest things is school can't, it can't look the same if we are supposed to be socially distancing. And then there's all those what ifs for the parent side. Like, what if your kid's class gets quarantined and you're back to work? What if the teacher's out for two weeks and there's no sub? And then do the parents get to decide, like, what if you are an immunocompromised person and you don't want your kid at school? Or if your kid is an immunocompromised person. Megan's having a fit. I'm not sure. I know. I need to give him a moment. Maybe like, do the parents get to decide if your kid has to go? Like if you're on a two, if you're on an A day, B day, do you get to decide? I want my kid to do remote learning all the time because of health concerns. Or does the state get to say, no, your child has to go to school. Let me even back up. So a couple of things. One, if you have questions for uh, Marlene, that's a teacher and you're in the chat, Facebook Live, whatever, go ahead and ask those questions uh, in the chat, and we'll get to them. But let me even back up. So, and, and Mojo, uh, you know, chime in when, when you feel like it. So we're not thinking that this whole thing is going to be over, and that we'll just go back to, quote-unquote, regular school in August. So now we're planning different scenarios? They are planning in case we can't. And it seems like most people have said they don't think it's going to be likely that we can by August. So they don't want to be caught off guard. So they're trying to prep Mm -hmm. all of these different possible scenarios. Mojo, your thoughts on, I don't know if I want to get kicked off my own (laughs) show here. (laughs) And here's the thing too. I want to say like, I'm really glad I don't have to be the one making these decisions. I don't think so. Because how can, 
like, I get that people need to go back to work. Like everybody needs to be able to work. And what do you do with your kids during that time? So, um, just a crazy think, whole thing. All right. So I had, had this conversation a little earlier today with a friend of mine. Um, there's other countries out there doing things right now that we, we've taken one approach. Other countries have taken the opposite approach. Um, as a society, there's a thing called herd immunity, and we practice that through um, vaccinations in this country. But we have taken the other end of the spectrum with it, with this with this virus going around due to um, politics, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think if you're looking school, this this is such a um, interesting time with school because. We're talking about kids all the way from kindergarten through college right now. Um, I think it's a unique time right now to reevaluate the education system as a whole, you know, K through two. And here here in the States, K through two, and then, um, you know, third through fifth, and then middle uh, middle school, and then high school. I wonder, you know, I wonder... um, the A B days. I wonder how much can actually be learned online. Um, but then, then again, we go back to the responsibility of parents actually having to parent their kids and actually school their kids. Do we trust them to do that? Because you know, then we'll hear statistics of there's certain demographic groups where the kids aren't learning, so they're falling behind, and certain kids are super excelling because. Other parents are actually taking an active, active part of listening or learning. Um, is a virtual college degree is the same as going and spending $60,000 to stay on campus and eat horrible food all year? I mean, these are the interesting conversations we'll have here in the future. But I think there's one thing we've learned is that corona may go away, but I don't think the opportunity to reshape society with a pandemic will. I th- I think that we'll always have this now, it, it, in one form or fashion. Um, I I just I'm not saying do away with all do away with the schools. I'm not saying that. It just it'd be an interesting way to see if we can shape it somehow, um, to benefit all of us, um. I don't know if that, I don't know, like, I guess, like Marlon said, I I would not want to be the person in charge of making decisions right now. I'm talking about from the president all the way down to the governor, to the county clerk, to the superintendent, whatever it may be, because the decisions you're making now could have impact for the next generation. Um, But it'd be interesting to see other global models out there for education of kids right now to see if there's anything that's more effective. Um, with with schooling and education um, versus what we're doing right now in the temporary. You know, something that I was just thinking about, kind of what you, based off what you were just saying there, Mojo, if this had occurred back in the 50s, 60s, I don't think um, – it would be too hard because back then you only had like one parent working and the other one staying home, taking care of the kids. So the kids would be able to 
hopefully be taught somewhat. Um, and then, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, that dynamic changed. So therefore, you don't have uh, both parents uh, able to stay or one parent able to stay home and and pick up the slack from, I want to say slack, they pick up the, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to choose my words here because I know it's not That's slack. Careful, our, our, kids. Yeah, our, yeah. our teachers work very careful. hard. Yeah, I know exactly. But um, No, I wasn't offended by that. I was thinking more of the parent part. Yeah, <laughs> like, but you know, um, back then, you know, you had, like I said, yeah, one parent, they could teach the kids while they're out and like now um, because they were home anyways, et cetera. Now with both parents working, it makes it more difficult because, um, and, and really you were talking about a shift in the way we do things because of a pandemic that we did have kind of a shift um, over, of course it was a longer period of time over a period of a few decades um, with one parent staying home to both parents going to work. Um, and, and therefore it, it makes it a lot more difficult for parents being able to um, take care of their kids right now, because in most cases, both parents have to work just to make ends meet. Whereas, you know, 50, 60 years ago, that wasn't the case. Sure. The other thing about think like thinking about that end is the idea of who is able to access virtual education. Mm-hmm. Right. So I read something in the, I think it was a paper the other day. The estimate is that 300,000 families in North Carolina do not have like either reliable broadband or broadband. So when you look at the idea of virtual learning for the um, the counties that are more rural, that are farther out in the mountains, that's not even an option. And so in Charlotte, the district has done a good job about trying to make sure that everybody has hotspots. And a lot of foundations and organizations have stepped up and said, hey, we're going to give free Wi-Fi for 60 days or we're going to pass out these hotspots and all those kinds of things. That's not even an option in a lot of counties that these orders are affecting. And so the schools are having to do things like print packets. And so the kids are just sitting and Charlotte is too. Charlotte's doing packets for the younger kids um, to try to limit their screen time because everybody knows that all the kids are doing a little bit of extra screen time these days. Just a little bit, you know. Um, <laughs> how many times did we extend uh, our child's I, iPad today? Okay, anyways. Once. Um, well, once to watch the NFL draft. So, <laughs> But yeah. But yeah, I mean, a lot of times those those things are not even accessible to those families. And then when you start thinking about the kids who don't learn from packets. You know, you talk about um, like a school that I used to work at, they were all language learners, but their second language wasn't, or their first language wasn't Spanish. It was Nepali or Burmese or Kareni. And so their parents aren't even able to help them with what's in the packet because there's nobody translating all the packets into the 35 different languages that are represented in this city. Same thing with kids who um, have some severe learning difficulties. You know, the, a lot of the kids have IEP goals that are social. And so the, it's the social interactions that those kids, that's what the school is providing their learning in. And so how do you do that with a packet or with a computer, mm-hmm. if you're lucky enough to have one? And just to run, just to run the numbers, there's 10,000, 10 million kids. 10,000, 10 million. 10. <laughs> How many zeros? That's Count a lot. zeros. <laughs> I forgot. I think you, I, I think you forgot to carry the two. Six zeros. Are you trying to do common core math? Yep. 
There's one million kids in North Carolina. All right, so that changes things just a little bit. <laughs> That's it? There's only one million? It, one, it says one million children in North Carolina. Oh, what ages? Like, what's children? What's the uh, that's, definition there? Uh, well, now now I just backed out of Google. Right. Now things are going to get crazy. <laughs> um, but if you have one million and then 300,000, I mean, that's that's a, what, 33%? 30%? Yeah, it's a pretty high number. Yeah. Yeah, So and, and I know my kid will not concentrate on packets, much less, you know, I mean, I guess let me let me back up the question is is how how effective are these virtual sessions does does the state board feel like that these virtual sessions are actually being um effective I don't think there's really any way to tell that right now hmm. um and I think it depends on the family you know like some kids I know some kids are able like if their parents are working from home they're handing in stuff and everything's a hundred percent right. So I know that they're being able, like they're being helped, you know, by somebody mm-hmm. sitting next to them and saying, no, this is how you do this one. This is how you do this one. This is how you do this one. <laughs> so if and Johnny was, was going at a solid 60%, yeah. getting a, getting D's and now all of a sudden he's making A's, you know, mom is helping with it. And that's great. And like, that's great that somebody's sitting with you, hopefully not doing it for you, but hopefully teaching you how to do it and showing you where you made a mistake. So you don't make that mistake next time. Mm-hmm. Um, some kids work well in that world. Like I'm a person who's like that. I would much rather kind of watch a video and do my own thing, then go have a discussion about it. You know, I'm, that's who I am as a learner, but other Mm -hmm. people, like you said, like it's not really engaging. Our daughter's not loving it. (laughs) She thrives on the social interaction part. So when she has to sit and watch a video and then do this page and pack it, it's a struggle to get her to buy in. Uh, Hot pocket is, and Mojo, you, you might find this fascinating. He is, he loves changing his background to a rapper. I don't know why that's <laughs> the case, but he thinks that's that's the funniest thing that he's got going on. And so he goes to these virtual sessions. He's like, look at me, I'm the man. <laughs> With B.Y. Mellon in the background. Can you, can you please show me how to right. change my backgrounds? Because I still haven't figured it out. Yeah. 100%. I'll, I'll set up <laughs> a Zoom for you guys <laughs> so that you can do that. Um, I, I think this is important to, to, to look at the productivity of the students, but then also look at the productivity of the parents. Because I know for me, for sure. it's really, really tough to focus when he's yelling at me to look at the latest YouTube video of Dude Perfect. Um, like, look at me, and I'm like in a conference call. So, I and think you we have only to... have one kid who's right. in school, you know? And yeah. so, like, we have families who have three or four kids, and then they might only have one device. And so if your Mm. Zoom is scheduled at the same time as your brother's Zoom, who gets to go this day? And who? how do you help? You know, right now our district is saying there should be two hours per kid in K-5. And then I think it increases to two hours per class once you get to middle school. But we have friends who have a sixth grader, a third grader, and a kindergartner. So that's like nine hours a day. (laughs) And they can't do it. They can't do it all by themselves, especially the little ones. They don't know how to sign. Well, our daughter is getting pretty good at <laughs> what oh, yeah. number do I have to type in now for Zoom? <laughs> but I mean, that's a that's a thing about it, too, is the number of people in your family who have to get stuff done. Uh, I'm going to go to Magic Man. Do we have any questions in the chat? 
Um, no, nothing so I far. I hope not, because I don't know any answers. Yeah, I, I literally just watch the news like everybody else does. Um, <laughs> also, and then, uh, Mojo, if you want to start formulating a question, uh, I will say the fact, so right now you've got 20 kids. Three of them are turning in work. Um, it's so, possible that they are doing work and not sending it to me. That's what I'm okay. really hoping. I'm really hoping. I was up, I had a bunch of kids on. We have a an app where we can see their Chromebook screens if they're using mm. the school Chromebooks. Oh, wow. So if anybody signed out a school Chromebook, your teacher can probably see what you're doing. Wow. Just yeah, so FYI. mom and dad stay off there. I got a question about these, these yeah. Chromebooks. Are, are they not available statewide? No. Um, I'm not. I know in our district, third grade and up, I believe, is one-to-one. Um, some schools have bought one-to-one for second graders, um, depending on how much money or if you have a school that even has a PTA. Some schools are one-to-one for however many people they want to have devices yeah, for it, but I don't think that's, level. yeah, it's district level spending. It's not a state. I, I just fiscally, it would seem like statewide. And this goes probably for all states is that, um, especially with the reduction in costs going out right now, just, you know, simply utilities, you'd be able to reinvest that back into buying Chromebooks for every student. You know what I'm saying? You're not, yeah, you're, I'm you're not, not sure to... exactly how the funding works, mm-hmm. but I know that they're like technology funding a lot of times comes from a different pot of money yes, yes. than Unfor- the other un- yeah, unfortunately, expenses. Unfortunately, when you, when you have government-run right. budgets, they don't use it like a common household would. Like, for example- Right. You can't yeah, pull from the different yeah, if you, I mean, you know you have a thousand bucks coming in every week and you got to spend X amount of dollars on groceries and the rest of the things, but um, it, it would be interesting to see how- if schools actually had to be, or districts had to be actually fiscally responsible, that they could actually reshift and reallocate certain funds that would normally go to a certain line item expenditure, like, all right, we're going to spend, you know, 2600 bucks uh, this month heating and cooling the school. Now we can buy 26 Chromebooks. You, you, know, you know what I'm saying? It would be just interesting because, I mean, obviously the facilities aren't being used right now. They, they could actually tool up to make sure they had adequate inventory to just in case a fall doesn't happen so i don't yeah and i think the bottom line is they're preparing for the worst and kind of hoping for the best and trying not to get caught off guard i think like you said though in the beginning of this i think school is going to look different regardless if 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 everyone everyone starts in the beginning of fall in the summer beginning of fall or they don't until 2021 i think school is going to be different with social distancing practice to maybe learning apertures to um, just, I think the whole cumulative experience is going to be totally different now. I would imagine. The biggest thing that we're seeing a lot of pushback with is the grading policy that has come out. And so um, basically the state board of ed has said that seniors are good to go. If they were good to go on March 13th, um, In the high school, they can choose whether they want a numeric grade to count towards their GPA, or they can just take a, like, you can just take a pass for this semester, or you can withdraw for this semester, depending on, or like, and then they're saying that 
um, older kids can say, well, I want to make up the work to give me a better number grade. Like if you weren't doing so hot in March and you want to make up that work now, they can. Um, but in K through five, especially, there are no letter grades. And so they're really not, there isn't a big accountability piece at the moment, which may be why a lot of kids and parents are checked out because we are having to provide feedback. And so when my kids submit work, I'm telling them how they can make it better, um, what they need to do, how many, like for math, like right now we're doing measurement. And so, no, that doesn't actually weigh 15 pounds. That actually weighs like a half an ounce, you know, whatever. But, um, but there's not really a true accountability piece. And so what we're saying is, you know, yes, you're, you're going on to the next grade level. Almost pretty much everybody <laughs> is going on <laughs> to the next grade level. And so you're going to pass this year, but next year is going to be really, really hard if you yeah. don't do any work from now until the end of the year, because there are kids who are doing the work. And so not only are you going to be behind them, but you're expected to know the things that we're giving you now. Yeah. And you have yeah. parents asking, what do they have to do? Oh, yeah. They're not thinking about <laughs> what they should be doing to just to stay on top. So they're not struggling because they haven't had real instruction for five months when they hit August or September. Maybe everybody just get an asterisk like Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and, and Derek <laughs> well, Everybody's Jeter. in survival mode at this point. You know, everybody's in survival mode. And so there are a lot of life things happening in a lot of families. And so, yeah. Well, like the teachers realize that, but then there are also cases where I watched you watch YouTube for like four hours yeah. today. So you could have been doing literally anything else. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you could have been working. You could have been doing all kinds of learning in, during this time. Don't tell me you didn't have time to do it because I'm watching you click on different YouTube videos to watch Minecraft instructionals. So. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is just from, from my own personal thing and, and Mojo, I saw your message. So out of three out of 20 of your kids are actually turning in work. Um, just for my own personal selfish ambition. I'm, so my kid is turning in work is showing up on the zoom videos and doing all the things at this point I'm doing better than, uh, than 17 other families. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's all I need to know. Thank you. You're killing it. I'm, I'm crushing it right now. Uh, Mojo, do you have any questions before you need to head out? Because I know you you don't have much battery left. I don't know why you don't. Uh, no, I just uh, I think I think this is just an interesting Sorry. discussion. <laughs> I think this is an interesting discussion just because I, I was kind of curious to see what Marlin. Um, I, I we may differ on a few ideological things, but it, it's it's interesting to see what the discussion is right now at the state level in every state. Um. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, I think uh, it, no, I'm, just, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm trying to formulate the thoughts without <laughs> having to have verbal diarrhea, then have to go back and retract stuff. I, I'm, uh, it, we, we supposedly have allegedly have standards, but we can't meet those standards due to three kids turning out third turning in homework, but oh, we're pushing so them to the next mm -hmm. grade, but quote unquote, it's going to be extra hard next year. And I'm sure, but are we constantly playing catch up? Are we going to be, is this, this 
the two thousand the class of two thousand twenty for every grade is it going to always be playing catch up for every year until they graduate out? Um, how, how does the teachers ramp up for that on the next cycle to play catch up? You know, or is every teacher now going to have to go and say, you know, we, if if school theoretically start start on August first, are we now going to have to be teaching the back the first half of the previous year just to e- even get kids acclimated? to get caught up to the current grade they need to be in. Um, For sure. I mean, and the earliest date that I've seen that they are saying that they're going to start is August 17th, which is really only about a week before we normally start. If you're on the traditional What I'm saying is we're trying to, you know, how long, so basically, lack of. Everybody's going to be behind. Yeah, but what I'm saying is you get, you. Well, no, I shouldn't say everybody. A lot of kids are going but to be But I, I, just out of your metrics, I three out of 20. I mean, we're, you know, you got to. You know, those three out of 20. We're but all let's just say 80, 80% you know, of the like, class is behind. Let's just say 80% of the class is behind. So you're. My class might not be the best no, but, but I, model but, for but this there's analogy. Probably, there's probably so a good maybe indicator. Go 50-50. Look, I, I have, a, I have <laughs> an good. elementary school kid and I have a high school kid. My elementary school kid's crushing it. My high school kid is, you know, out out there, you know, more, more about TikTok and Instagram than anything else. To be fair, that hasn't changed no, no. any. But I'm, <laughs> but I'm it's just it's virus. What I don't I don't understand is that if you have eighty percent of the class trying to cram in three months worth of classwork to catch up in the month of August in September, where does that put them at in twenty twenty one? If that's if everything goes great, you know, um, yes. And we can get back. If right. uh, Adolf Governor Cooper decides that he wants to shut down the state <laughs> till the rest of 2023, we're all screwed anyway. And, you know, but I mean, we, where do we at? Where are we at? Where, you know. <sighs> the biggest thing to remember with this kind of thing is that the whole country, most of the country is in the same boat. And so a lot of like we're dealing with everybody keeps saying we have this running gag that about the word unprecedented. We have to take a shot every time somebody uses like the word unprecedented. Game. But mm. um but well, it really is right it's now. something we haven't had to deal with before. Um I've seen a couple of things going around and it's Facebook, so you know, it's on the internet. It's pro- I'm sure it's hundred percent true, but um about like the <laughs> people who post Katrina. Like they're talking about the kids miss so much school. And even in North Carolina, a lot of the kids on the coast missed a significant amount of school this year and last year for hurricane related things. Um, But everybody's kind of in the same ball game here. And so I think the bell curve kind of adjusts with it. You know, it's you're still going to have kids who are doing every single thing that they should have. And you had kids who weren't doing that in the first place when they were sitting in the chairs in school. So I think that the whole kind of curve will move along because we're all in the same boat. You know, the real solution here is to make it as easy as it was when I was a kid. Cause the stuff that these kids are doing is like what I was doing <laughs> in high school. If they just like dial the bar back about 60% here. Yeah. But, there you go. but they did a study that the, the third grade end of grade test is the same, like they call it Lexile levels, which is like a text difficulty level. Um, the current third grade test is the seventh grade level test from like yeah, 12 but years ago. Yeah, let's be honest with you. I don't use much of the things I've learned in school in the business I'm in now. I mean, 
I've never had to break out a French sentence. I've never had to whoop out some trigonometry. I've never. Well, I mean, how about I, you? No, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of placating the point, but um, it. I don't think any architects are well, saying that. That's a specialized field. Um, <laughs> graduate in eighth grade. And exactly. Rest of in college. No, I, I just, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's just an interest. It's an interesting time. It's unprecedented. Oh. Oh, drink. bottoms up. You, you did it. That, um. Bill and stuff. Son of a gun. You're going to see that Absolutely. all the time now, and you're going to be like, oh, man. Very unprecedented. Mm. So unprecedented. <laughs> <I'm running out. laughs> no, but uh, so I, I don't know. It's just a, it's an interesting time to to reevaluate how we do school. I mean, from... A lot of yeah, teachers I would mean, agree with from you. But from, <laughs> There's not too many teachers making educational policy yeah, decisions but, these days. Sure. But oh, no, no, no but you show. guys, you yes, guys should be the loudest <laughs> voices in, in the... In the in the auditorium, yeah. I mean, um, you guys have been a lot of the loudest voices out there. With um, when we had the special North Carolina, when you were on the show the previous time with the the vote red or whatever for teacher pay. I mean, you guys need to be the loudest voices out there. Um, it might be loud, but nobody's doing anything about listening. what we well, say. I, th- so. I think this is. I think, but <laughs> but politically, this is probably your time to shine. You know, with, with um, that's true. Uh, the sad thing is one thing, another point that you said earlier was, um, I mean, parents actually take school as a childcare, you know, thing. Um, how many kids actually, the only time they actually eat lunch is when they go to school. I was going to say something about earlier when you were talking about the money, the different money pots or whatever. And I said, everybody's money would be going towards the nutrition services at the moment. because they're feeding so that breaks many my kids, heart. and I'm, I I don't want to sound like the colas the the uh, the callous, and I think you can probably mark that off on the the bingo bingo oh, board. There we go. That's on the that's on the bingo um, on the show. But being a parent is a cognitive decision and a choice, and you shouldn't have to make the state feed and house and and. And babysit your kids due to decision. So that that's one of the things that infuriates me a lot of times because it took a lot for us to become a family. And when people actually depend on the state to feed and to make sure they have daycare, it just it that's not the wisest decisions that adults can make. Um now that that doesn't loop everybody, just because that you know life does happen and decisions made sometimes. But um. I will say that I have worked in, um, I've worked in several schools in Charlotte, and I'm in more on the suburb side now. But um, in schools where 99 percent of the kids have qualified for free and reduced lunch, um, most people. And I say most people are doing the very best they can. You know, and I mm-hmm. haven't met a lot of people who are like cognitively saying, oh, I don't really care about education. I, I just need somebody, you know what I mean? Like they don't, even with their, their actions, like, yes, there are families that need that, but most people want their kids to have a better life. They want them to have a better shot. And sometimes that's the only choice they have. So. 
I, I'm not not disputing that. I'm, but just how we look, you know, how we how we take when we take our our metrics for our schools, you know, we can't let that 19 kids pass. You know, we always have to be concerned about that one person left behind, and that's where the no child left behind policy has come into class, and that's how re-educations be tooled and stuff like that. So, um. Maybe we should re re uh, constitute that to be uh, no child left behind except Frank because <laughs> nobody really can depend on Frank. <laughs> Especially also, guys side who note, use dipping uh, sauce as mayonnaise. Yeah, that's true. There you go, <laughs> Magic Man. Uh, one and point, producer Brian back up uh, back to carp in the parking spaces. Right. That's that's very right? unprecedented. Ooh, shots fired. Shots fired. Oh no! Oh, unprecedented. All right, so guys. Uh, also, if you're following on the SFP big uh, bingo. Finished a bottle of bourbon. Oh. Um, so we realized that we've got an issue with the, the kids coming out of high school. So we're saying at this point, millennials are going to be our future, and we've got to depend on them. My favorite been, meme is the one that talks about how in 20 years we're going to be dependent on a society of uh, kids who are homeschooled by day drinkers. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. There's going to be a time in the future when they're, they're at, an asteroid's about to hit the planet. And there's going to be one math equation that the kid didn't finish in the last three months of the school year for you know, 2020. Change change the trajectory. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's going to be something. All I can say is, is Jesus, um, please come back. We, we really <laughs> need you, buddy. <laughs> All right. Um, so here's the deal. So if you have any questions, uh, if you're listening via podcast um, to Marlin or just a teacher or whatever, please shoot them over to sfp at gmail sfpradio at gmail.com and uh, we'll get back to you and we'll we'll get you Marlin's thoughts on, on that. Anything else you want to add? No, I, I do. I personally, for me, I want to add, I, I do, I do appreciate the teachers because I know this is something yeah. that they didn't go to school to learn about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is obviously unprecedented. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> Oh, I've been yeah, I read out of my drink. But, uh, no, it, it, seriously, I mean, it, no, I mean, we're all just kind of flying by the seat of our pants, and yep. I'm, I'm, I'm very, I am very impressed with the state or our surrounding. I guess probably the state when you know with how quickly we adapted to the situation with the materials we had. Um, it it may not be perfect at all, but at least we have something. Um, it may not, yeah. it may be in a dirty Taco Bell bag, but it, it's something, you know, it, it obviously, so, the ne- obviously the next pandemic in 2028, <laughs> we might be a little better suited, but, um, sure. but at least we have something. And so it, you just equated Barlin's job as a dirty Taco Bell job. No, I'm talking about the situation. They okay, were, they were right. handed. <laughs> They were handed a crap stained Taco Bell bag out of a bag. They're handed a, a bag full of crackheads a station yeah. wagon, yeah. So, um, and how quickly they adapted to it. I mean, I am impressed by that. I mean, yeah, our our uh, our high school teacher, our high school teachers for our our kid. You know, some of them, you, you know, you, some of them you'd probably tip them, and the other ones you'd probably like. Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. You don't need to be back in the job. Um, sure. Our elementary school teacher. Phenomenal. Sends postcards to the kid. Miss you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
been wonderful, you know, and it helps kind of keep the interest alive. So there's good and bad teachers out there and shout out, but shout out to at least the ones that are trying. I, I we really appreciate you guys. I mean, yeah, because, um, that's the big thing is the, the keeping some type of normalcy in lives. And especially when you have a, a seasonal thing like school, you know, nine months a year or whatever, and just having some type of normalcy there. Wherever you're at, um, for for Marlene and and all the teachers, I think Miss Stewart, her hot pocket. Can we just give uh, you guys just a round of applause? So, I just want to say thank you for for all that you do. So thank you. Uh, we, um, I tell you, just at least the the four hours a day that we get a little bit of of work, we appreciate that. Marlene, what's your normal day look like um, now that you have to? Um, <laughs> homeschool your kids and teach class. What does a normal day for you look like? Well, I have been sleeping in a little bit later than I do during I was about to year. rat you out on that too. How about <laughs> you? That's all right. Um, Brian has to get up earlier so he can get some work done before the kids stampede down the stairs. But sure. Um, we, from the beginning, also I'm going to add that I am a low key doomsday prepper. So <laughs> I actually sent my whole class home with like hundreds of papers the Friday before they announced that they were canceling school. Cause I was like, this well is coming. Done. This is coming. My kids desks at school are cleaned out. I sent everything home. Cause I was like, we're not coming back this year. So, um, well done. I, from the very beginning set a pretty, um, pretty full schedule. I would say from, I don't know, eight thirty ish until, 430. Um, but I try to get my, all the homeschooling for my own children done in the morning by like 11 o'clock. And then I zoom with my class. Um, I have office hours twice a day for two hours. And so I'm working, I have to check, um, so many papers a week and so many assignments a week and things like that. And so, um, most of my, so far has just been trying to find the assignment if they did it anywhere. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm working, I have staff meeting and I have a team meeting on Wednesdays. So I'm on zoom like all day on Wednesday. Um, but two hours a day zooming with my kids and checking papers and making all the stuff for the next week. After that, I'm getting done in like five, maybe. Oh, wow. Um, have you thought about potentially getting peace and, uh, Peas, peas and peas, mambo, mambo donkey, the donkey, to show up. Uh, on I have Zoom not. So you need to do I that. wonder if that's Maybe. an option. Maybe more oh, kids it's... would come to my Zoom session if we had a donkey on Yeah, there. it's only $50. Maybe we can get a discount because she's on the show or something. But uh... Sure. Uh, also, I'm, I'm not trying to, to sidestep it, but I'll, I'll be an ass for $25. How about that? Anyone have one of those horse head masks they can wear for us? That might work too. <laughs> we can get that. I don't Thanks, think they Amazon. need any more trauma on there, to be clear. <laughs> Marlon, thank you for coming on. Again, yeah, if anybody wants to, to have any questions, just shoot uh, our way, sfpradio at gmail.com, and we'll uh, we'll get those answers uh, for you. So, th- Yeah, thank you, Marlon. And also, just if you want to know more of Marlon's story, she's on episode 98 of the Southern Fried Philosophy podcast. You can uh, scroll back and get her. 
Man, that that long ago? 98. Can you believe that? Wow. 98. I, I would not think that. No. <laughs> All right. So that's going to do our show. Hey, buddy, that's a long one. Uh, go ahead and, uh, and uh, send us out, Mojo. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, you can find us on pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcast at Google Play, Stitcher, iHeart, Apple iTunes. You can also check out our Facebook page at Southern Fry Philosophy. Our website is southernfryphilosophy.com. We do have our playable links and show notes. Any type of bull crap we talk about, you can find it pretty much on the show notes. And we may make the keyword per, uh, uh, no, no, don't do it. Unprecedented. Yeah, how do you spell unprecedented? Because I need to put that on the. Your wife's a teacher. How do you not know how to spell? That's, that's because he, uh, there was a pandemic back in his uh, fourth grade year. Yeah, it was. No. Chicken box, so, what so. I've been teaching my kids is if you double tap or right click on this word, it will spell it for you. Wait, what? Wait, what? You're typing in to any kind of word processing document and you have a little spell check thing turned on hmm. you get a line underneath it that okay. tells you something is wrong yeah. oh, and then yeah. you just you click on the line and it tells you how to spell yeah, whatever I just, word you need well, that, that goes against the double tapping that my vets have told me about so how about it i just i just <laughs> guess about what i think it's going to be and i realize there's going to be a red line so i'm just going to go <laughs> yeah. google will be like did you mean and you're like no <laughs> absolutely no, i meant that no. oh yeah that one <laughs> um yeah website you can also follow us on the instagram and twitter's sfp radio um, also want to shout out to my uh, donor mother, Lisa. She was watching us on Facebook Live. Um, it's so in honor uh, of her son, Jamie, who I received a heart from four years ago. If you're not a registered organ donor, please go out there and sign up as a donor and um, save another life if you happen to not make it. So we appreciate you guys every week. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, and again, just to remind you that next week we'll have Ryan Lemon from Kentucky Sports Radio. I'm very excited about Lamont. that. It's not Lamont, it's Lemon. Uh, if you uh, can get your friends from New Hampshire to Vermont, Delaware, West Virginia, North or South Dakota, or Wyoming or Alaska, we would really appreciate that. So if you know somebody, have them listen to the show. I'll be in West Virginia next week. I'll just hit listen uh, to our episodes. I would appreciate that. And then I'll, I'll even give you a hat. How about that? Just like borrow somebody's phone oh. for a minute and subscribe. We're just going to, what if we get plane tickets to each one of these, we divide them up and just go there and play. play. Plane tickets are cheap right now. They are. They're super cheap. Thanks again for tuning in to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. And as always, keep looking up.